Welcome to Hymn Stories, a podcast about how our songs of the faith came to be and how they've encouraged, comforted, and strengthened believers like you and me. Hymn Stories is a part of the Media Gratia Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Bush. Isaac Watts was born on July 17, 1674, at the English town of Southampton, where his father served as the deacon of a congregational church. It was a time in England when laws against nonconformity to the state religion were enforced with bitterness. Young Watts was often carried in his mother's arms to the town jail, where she visited his father, imprisoned for conscience' sake. Isaac would serve the Lord and the church faithfully until his death in 1748. Perhaps Watts' most enduring contribution to the church is the impact made by the publication of Psalms of David Imitated, published in 1719 in London. This work was pivotal in encouraging the church to sing unto the Lord not only psalms, but also sound hymns produced by faithful Christians. One of the enduring hymns in Psalms of David Imitated is called Show Pity, Lord, O Lord, Forgive. It is based on Psalm 51. The first stanza reads, Show pity, Lord, O Lord, forgive. Let a repenting rebel live. Are not thy mercies large and free? May not a sinner trust in thee? In an English village, there was a boarding house kept by a faithful Christian woman named Mrs. Fleming. A minister, Reverend Parker, was lodging there for a time. Also lodging there was a young gentleman of about 24 years of age. He had a lively personality, and his liveliness and carefree manner created the impression that whoever else might be affected by the serious things of the time, he was not. On a Sunday morning, the boarders attended the church of Mrs. Fleming, The pastor preached an effective sermon on the consequences of a life of sin. There was a unique power and tenderness in his discourse, and its vivid pictures of hell's torments produced a most solemn and subduing effect. After the service, the boarders were sitting at the dinner table, and remarks were passing freely in regard to the morning service. The young man, already mentioned, expressed in strong terms his disapproval of the sermon and added, Such preaching only hardens me and makes me worse. The Reverend Parker replied, It is possible that you think it makes you worse when it only makes you conscious of sin that was before slumbering in your heart. The young man responded, No, it only hardens me. I am at this moment less susceptible to anything like conviction for hearing that discourse. I feel more inclined to resist everything having to do with religion than usual. Yet, Reverend Parker rejoined, Good impressions are those which are best adapted to secure the desired end, and I am greatly mistaken if an increase of the effect which you feel would not be greatly useful to you. If, for instance, you should read now Watts's version of the 51st Psalm, it would take a deep hold on your heart. 
not in the least. I could read it without moving a muscle. I wish I had the book. I would read it out loud to you now. Just then, Mrs. Fleming spoke up, saying, We have one. And the book was handed to him, already open to the correct page. He commenced to read with compressed lips and a firm voice. Show pity, Lord, O Lord, forgive. Let a repenting sinner live. Are not thy mercies large and free? May not a sinner trust in thee. Toward the last part of the stanza, a little trembling of voice was plainly discernible. He rallied again, however, and commenced the second verse with more firmness. O wash my soul from every sin, and make my guilty conscience clean. Here on my heart and burden lies, and past offences pain mine eyes. At the last part of this stanza, his voice faltered more manifestly. He began to read the third verse with great energy and read in a loud voice, the whole company looking on in breathless silence. My lips with shame, my sins confess. As he read the line against thy law, his lips quivered and his utterance became difficult. Against thy law, against thy grace. He paused a little and entered upon the third line with an apparently new determination. Lord, should thy judgment grow severe. Yet before he came to the end, his voice was almost totally choked. And when he began upon the fourth line, which says, I am condemned, but thou art clear, an aspect of utter discouragement marked his countenance, and he could only bring out the first three words. I am condemned. When his utterance changed to such a heartbroken cry of grief, rising at the same time and rushing from the room as they had never witnessed in a convicted sinner. The dinner was interrupted. But that was the beginning of a change, leading on to a new life in this young man. And probably every person in that room retained the impression that a view of the awful justice of God, in connection with the grace that saves from it, is often effective in subduing those who say, prophesy unto us smooth things, and that sinners are not always good judges in respect to what produces the best effect upon their souls. How good and gracious God is to grant saving repentance. And though it is bitter in the bud, how sweet is the flower. The old 1689 confession says that some are converted after their early years, having lived in the natural state for a time and served various evil desires and pleasures. God gives these repentance to life as a part of their effectual calling. There is no one who does good and does not sin. This saving repentance is a gospel grace in which those who are made aware by the Holy Spirit of the many evils of their sin, by faith in Christ, humble themselves for it with godly sorrow, hatred of it, and self-loathing. They pray for pardon and strength of grace and determine and endeavor by provisions from the Spirit to live before God in a well-pleasing way in everything. God has made full provision through Christ in the covenant of grace to preserve believers in their salvation. Thus, although there is no sin so small that it is undeserving of damnation, yet there is no sin so great that it will bring damnation on those who repent.
Thank you for joining me in this episode of Hymn Stories. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you sing and make melody in your heart to Him.